Welcome to the Coop Tank. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, coming to you from sweet recording in beautiful Mount Laurel, New Jersey. You know, people, if you have a podcast, a video cast, you need some remote shooting, or hell, if you need a studio built for you, sweet recording's the place for you. Joe and Matthew are not only great guys, they're honest and take care of you. So go check out their website, sweet, S-U-I-T-E, recording.com, or email them at hello at sweetrecording.com. We have a great show today, and I'm going to tell you something. This gentleman is uh, is a legend in the comedy world. I you know I don't go to see a lot of comedy shows, but I, but five years ago I, I went to see him in Burbank, and for an hour and a half this guy just killed, and it's all the time he gets standing ovations. But you know we're, we're not really here to talk about comedy today as much. We're talking about he's an entrepreneur too. He's produced shows. He started a non a nonprofit. He's done he's done so much stuff. And my guest is Philly's own the Love Master. Craig Shoemaker. What's up, Shoe? Oh man, it's great to see you on the, especially this weekend, right? We didn't even we didn't even plan this out that we would have our birds be in the Super Bowl. And here we are a couple days before the big day, both wearing our Eagles stuff. And uh, I'm headed to the Super Bowl. Are you going? No, nah, man. I I'm I'm not a big shot like you. I can't afford that. No, so you're you're actually going to the game? Yeah, I'm taking my son. I raised all my kids in California to be Eagles, Sixers, Flyers, Phillies fans. And uh, I'm sure some of those years I, the child services was going to come after me. But uh, <laughs> raising them in California to be all Philly fans. But now Philly pride is very strong right now. Well, very I was, strong. I was in Center City. I was at a pep rally at Comcast. And, and it's just funny just walking around the street. People are like, go birds. You know, you go to the you go to the supermarket and there's like a 90-year-old lady with the, and I'm near Cherry Hill, with the gold LeMay shoes. Like, go birds. And everyone, I'm not shop right. They start playing Fly Eagles Fly. And I'm like, this, this is what it's about. It really is. And um, I'm really, I'm so happy that Philly made this transformation, if you will. I mean, it, when we were growing up, it was just not as nice a city. And even the people are better looking now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what happened. And maybe it's the, as they say in Philly, the water. Exactly. Maybe it's the water. Uh, but uh, it's, it's, it, it, I'm very proud of it. It's a beautiful city, too. I take you know, my family. You know, we go every year to the uh, – Jersey Shore, I don't know if you knew this, but I still lug my family cross country. You know, I can afford to go other places. I could go, but that's my Riviera is the Jersey Shore. And every time we rent a house, inevitably the the landlord says that the conversation is, where are you from? You know, and they think you're going to say Kensington or Northeast, whatever. And I go, uh, every time I always go, California. They go, California. <laughs> What, you got no oceans out there in California? What do you come here for? I said, because you have Johnson's popcorn and Mango Mancos. Mango uh, Mancos. I got yeah, it. This is what I come for. I got I to gotta interrupt you, Craig. Yes. Mank. Mancos pizza is overrated. I'm saying it right here. I'm not taking it back. It's it's nostalgic, but I took my wife to get Manco's Pizza. We were in Ocean City a few years ago. I haven't had it since I was in high school. And I got it. I went, what? And a lot of people were with me. They're just afraid to say it, Craig Shoemaker. They're afraid to say it. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you that I understand the nostalgia thing. I've had those things happen before where you t turn people on to something, you're embarrassed, right? 
In that case, you're wrong. It's never been better. I had it last summer. We all turned to each other. We said, I think this is better than it was before. So maybe you might want to update, okay? Going with an open mind, and I'm telling you, it's better than ever. Okay. Well, I want to talk to you. You know what's great, you know what's great about Scrapple, though? I is love- it, it, has, it has no rating. It's never overrated. <laughs> I, I love Scrapple. My wife won't eat it. She, she's sitting there. She won't eat it. So oh. I want to talk to you about, you know, besides comedy, you have so much going on and, and you have the, uh, the the winning with humor. And I want to read something you posted on Facebook that really was one, it was really vulnerable and honest of you, which was great. And it's you were talking and you wrote this and I'm reading it. And I, I'm, I don't, I'm reading. So I, give me a second. I went from being broke, depressed, suicidal, no confidence, no self-worth. Plus, I was a criminal, an alcoholic and a drug addict to living my best life with success in all areas of my life. Winning two Emmys, performed in front of four presidents, crowds up to 70,000 people, had specials on Netflix, Showtime, Comedy Central. I started a nonprofit, Laughter Heels, and have mentored hundreds of people to live their best life. I am a hands-on dad to my four little shoemakers. So how was I able to turn my life around and change a tragic uh, trajectory from prison to success? Talk about that, because that's, for me, for someone to share that, in this day and age, and I'm on social media a lot, so many people are full of shit and they fluff themselves up. But you're being bare, vulnerable, and it commands respect. But tell me about how this, how you just got into doing this and helping people, because that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about your entrepreneurship, not Dude, your comedy, because yeah. we know you're a great comic. We know you get setting yeah. up prizes. But tell me about hey, that. I'm with you, by the way. I would much rather talk about things that have an impact, a sustainable impact on people, as opposed to coming to my show. Yeah, you're going to laugh your ass off. It's a great night. And uh, that's wonderful. So that's your medicine. So go get the medicine other places, too. One of the things I coach is I say, hey, tell me your favorite comedy movie. Tell me your favorite sitcom. And it's a conversation starter. It starts with a smile. Everybody lights up and they go, I was just with people a couple minutes ago, new clients here in Massachusetts. And I said, and they both went Seinfeld. And they had a smile on their face because they were thinking of an episode of Seinfeld. And I went, oh, I saw one the other. Now it's a conversation about an episode we saw. And we got into the whole depth of Seinfeld and his characters, how they started, all that. That's the conversation. So you're shifting your energy into, into a genuine energy flow. And this is something that's really worked for me. To the point where, by the way, there's one correction in that, which someone else wrote that. I mean, they took it from me. They said prison. I was never in prison. I was in jail, but there's a difference. Yeah, okay. I I was wondering. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. I got to get that taken off because Rosie O'Donnell pointed it out. She goes, I've known you. We've known each other since we were kids. We started together. And uh, she says, I never knew this part of your life. So that, that part's, but jail a couple times. I got arrested when I was 13. And I'll never forget, this is a true story. And I was ab- abandoned as a kid and kidnapped and all that. And uh, no dad. And the cop says to me, how would you like to end up like one of these guys on the poster? And I go, at least he's wanted. <laughs> I'm glad, Coop, you laughed at that joke. People go, oh, they feel sorry for it. No, I can tell the joke because I'm on the other side of all the pain and suffering. There's suffering's a choice, and I don't make that choice anymore. I don't make the choice of – if I say those things, it's to give people hope. I came from those places of no hope, of absolute despair, and 
parents and teachers or whatever. I had a teacher that literally tied my hands behind my back for a whole day in fourth grade and put me in a closet with blue yarn. I'll never forget it. Don't get off that box. And I was so defiant. I kept getting off the box. I'd see her thighs coming at me when I was, uh, I would look through the vent. But it was that day. I think that was a, the day that I said, because I was in that, because I had talked about my pain in the class. I made them laugh by talking about this abuse that was taking place. And I'll never forget her. She was trying not to laugh, but it was funny. And that was the moment, fourth grade. I was in new school. I was getting attention. That was the moment I went, oh, man, this flow is awesome. This is great. This is like changing other people as well. They're reflecting back their happiness and their joy through laughter. And that was the moment where defiantly I said, that's it. I'm going to keep on spreading this, keep on diving in no matter how many people you know this. There's nobody that encourages you to do comedy. The FCC's against us. The government's against us. Left wing's against us. Right wing's against us. Everyone's against the truth tellers. But I kept going. And thank God, you know, that I was able to offer laughter. There's this guy that told this story, uh, this, this pastor. I happened to be at his church. I was speaking there, and he told this story about, he was um, he was studying to be a pastor. His best friend was his leader, and he had a fiance through Christianity. And he took her to his uh, house, his house to meet his parents. And she was pregnant. And they said, "You get out of here. We disown you. We disown you. You abort that child." And then she goes out of the house, and she says, "It's not even your child. It was his best friend's child." And he went and he went in his car. He's about to commit suicide. And he was driving off this cliff. He was about, but a miracle occurred. And then later he texted me. He told me the miracle was. He said, someone handed me a CD of a comedian named Craig Shoemaker. I laughed till I cried. He goes, you saved my life. I'm with you forever. And I realized that that closet that day where she was trying to stop me, that was a miracle. And I'm here to help people with find their own miracles and find their own joy and find their own light. Because that's what happened for me. And there's no way I should hold on to it. And it's not about me anymore. So I'm glad you're focusing on this. It's really about let's get together and start a movement of light, love, and levity. Let's start that together. Let's let's, and that's where we, that's where we have a community. It's awesome. I love it. Now, when did you decide to do that? I know a few. When I was in LA, you did my podcast Cooper Talk twice, and I remember the, the last time you were on. We were in that studio in Burbank. You were going to retire from comedy, and you were going to focus on your nonprofit. But of course. You know, when you're people want you to perform and when people say, hey, we'll give you money, no one's going to say, oh, I'm not going to perform. You know, it, it's a hard thing. But when did you decide? Because I've seen your dates have gone down more. You used to be performing all the time. You, when did you decide that you were going to go full focus on this? Because, you you know, I know you do the thing on Facebook where people can join you. But when did you make that decision to say, OK, you know what? I can balance both, but I really got to focus on this. Well, it's a tough decision because the reason I came out of retirement was comedians, we don't have like a retirement fund. <laughs> That's the funny thing about or the non-funny thing about comedy is it's so disrespected. And it really bothers me to the core about there's no category at the Oscars. They gave Will Smith a standing ovation for assaulting a comedian. It's just unbelievable disrespect that we have. We're put into a corner as like, you know, oh, they're the court jester. You come out when we tell you to. And it's just so sad to me. So my mission, if you will, is to really expand the awareness of the power of laughing. 
and how it does heal. I've got the nonprofit Laughter Heals, and it's, I'm driven by it. You know, my best friend, I told you about that, Michael Goldberg. He wrote Cool Runnings, Little Giants. We bonded in common. Did I tell you his story? Yeah. So it was literally like one of those ha-ha moments. Well, we were filming the movie The Love Master in Arizona, and his wife was um, wanting to get pregnant. They, they wanted to get pregnant. She was ovulating. I said, hey, Golds, listen, a lot of people have gotten pregnant after my show. <laughs> they can see the show that because laughter loosens you up. You're not trying to have a child. And all these people come up to me. One people, they get this couple, they gave me a picture of the kid that was conceived in the parking lot of the Bray Improv. Came out laughing, big smile. And I said, you know what? This laughter heals really does. Laughter is the best medicine, but we ignore that. You know, we, we're great. You know, we, they shut us down there to pandemic. We should have been the essential workers because we're literally helping you heal with oxygenate your body, healing endorphins, all that happens. Stress levels gone, right? You can't be depressed while you're laughing. So anyway, I said, Golds, listen, this works. It's, it's fertility. Do the Love Master. I'll, we're about to watch an Eagles game in a condo in Arizona filming the Love Master movie. I said, go, you guys, you do the love master. And I did. I went and got sandwiches. I came back. He was done already. Well, baby Kayla was born nine months later. But here's what happened. Here's what really shifted everything for me. And they were so happy. Beautiful Kayla. He's from Northeast Philly, by the way. And we're living in California. And then he got brain cancer a year and a half after her birth. And they said, you have three months to live. And that was the moment I said, hey. This is more than me just doing a couple comedy shows, some comedy shows for my own glory, my own happiness. You know, it became about let's shift this over to laughter heals. So I formed a nonprofit. I have these exercises that we do, guided laughitation, chuckle chatter. And he showed up for all of it, all the prescriptions that were offered. I just created this from my spirit, from my soul, really just evolved this whole th program, uh, laugh for life program. Anyway, he lived 15 years past the three-month prognosis. Well, it is. It's, it's laughter so good for you. But now tell me more about the chuck, the, the, your prescriptions. I want to know what they are. You said the laughter, <laughs> what, the chuckle. But just it sounds like a comedy club in like Du Bois or, you know, <laughs> the, the chuckle, the chuckle laugh. Uh, no, tell me about what they are, your prescriptions, because that's interesting. Because, you know, people people want to laugh. And, and I'm always sitting there. I, you know, I love if I'm like in the other room and I hear my wife watching TV and laughing – I love the sound of that. I know Isn't that great? I, I, I sit there and I go, you know what? She's happy. You know, she's Isn't laughing. And now tell me about these exercises that you teach or you tell people to do. Well, um, I suggest I don't tell because a lot of people aren't willing to laugh. They have to be open and willing to do what I'm about to show you because we are trained, Coop. We are trained literally not to laugh. We're trained to get in other people's lines from we start laughing, the, the, our true essence is laughing, light, levity. It's That's who we truly are. But then they go, oh, no, your compliance is how you'll be rewarded. Pledge of allegiance. You, here's your A for, for the 1492 Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Here you get that for that. You get that. You get in line, our line, no laps. As a matter of fact, you'll be shamed for laughing. What are you laughing at, they say in Philly. Right? Who are you laughing at? You know, wipe that smile off your face, right? Is that unbelievable? That's what we, the messages we've received since birth. So I'm about, no, let's encourage laughter. Let's, let's actually do the laughter. So here's the thing that I came up with when I was doing this teaching in this cancer facility is you, it's subjective. Comedy is subjective. Laughter's not. 
You know, just like crying is not drama. You cry from drama. But laughter is, so Patch Adams, for instance, does great work, but he dresses as a clown. That's subjective. A lot of people don't like clowns. If he came into my operating room dressed like that, I would say, just just stab me right now, okay? Let's, I'm going to pull the plugs out. I don't like clowns, and a lot of people don't like clowns. They're scared by clowns. So I said, wait a minute. What can we do here? So I said, if you meditate, how about laughitate? You're making a choice to meditate, which I'm never very good at, by the way, staying silent. So I, I put laughter in there. And you're, if you fake laugh, it's the same as real laughter. Your body doesn't know the difference if you, well, let's say you went on a Stairmaster or you went up a hill. Your body's going, oh, it's getting the same effects, right? Same exact effects. So if you laugh for the laughter's sake, just to do it. So I'll give you one example of how it works. And maybe you'll do it along with me. Chuckle chatter. I came up with this. I have a client who's very stuck up here. And I had a hard time the other day. I said, oh, you need to release that. You need to release. I said, tell me what you did today, but laugh the whole time you're telling me. This is the chuckle chatter. The guy laughitation is a little deeper. I'll do you real quick chuckle chatter. Watch. Go, <laughs> I got up today <laughs> and I took a shower <laughs> and I used shampoo and conditioner. <laughs> And then I had eggs, <laughs> medium. <laughs> and that's what you do. You well, just say what you did. So then the pressure's not there to tell a joke. And by the way, sometimes the jokes evolve out of that. I've had chuckle chatters that end up hilarious, like literally hilarious. But it's contagious. You could not smile while I was doing that. Well, yeah, laughter is contagious. That's the thing. It's like when you go to a movie, sometimes... I don't want to go to a really great comedy in a movie theater because if it's like airplane where it's joke, 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 you know, you because you're going to miss the jokes. Like it's something about Mary. When you laugh, you laugh your ass off, but they're spaced out. But when you go to a movie, sometimes when you go with all the other people and you're like, damn it, I missed that joke. But you're right. People start laughing and you start laughing. I was smiling. You get into the you get into the moment. Exactly. Exactly. And people are people feel that energy. Energy, people are drawn to light and laughter is light. You're releasing the true light of who you are. Your potency is within you, but we're taught to put it down. We put down our potential. We put down all of our light and we're taught because the news, by the way, one of my prescriptions is get off the news. There's not one single thing you'll ever get out of the news. It's what they choose you to be the news. They, they choose it because it's based on keeping you in fear. It's based on things you can identify with. Let's say the war in Ukraine, for instance. It's a horrible war, but there's a war in Yemen that's been going on for years, but we don't pay attention to because they're darker than the people that the advertisers want to see. And that's how they do it. They just choose the news, and then it becomes our cause and all that kind of stuff, as opposed to change your world. Change your world, and the world changes with you. If, if bringing this light to the world like you're doing here is a wonderful thing that expands and expands and expands. But you have to get away from these dark forces of the news. They're only going to tell you who your latest enemy is. Remember Islamic fundamental terrorists, whatever they called it. It was a debate. You must say it. You must say, where'd that go? Where'd that go? That gets replaced by the aliens are coming from from down below, you know, from Mexico or whatever. That it's, your enemy is defined for you. My only enemy is within. My enemy is within, and I must deal with that by expressing myself, all my true light, my true joy, my true energy flow. 
that's where I, that's what I teach now. I coach and I'd say, this is how you win with humor and you can be your funniest self. They're always going to remember how you made them feel. Like I always remember you on how you made me feel. I don't remember one thing we talked about, but I do remember you made me feel good to the point where I hear I'm back on another, another podcast with you. Now you see what I'm saying? I understand. I want to ask something about you because one thing about with comedy and, and, you know, you keep such a positive attitude and, and you, you have a resilience, you know, you've had ups and downs in your career and people have, I want to, I want to have to ask you, I want my listeners to hear this story about the magic Johnson's show, because that, that makes me sit there and go, this guy bounced back. I mean, say what happened with the magic Johnson show. Cause that shows resilience. And that shows that, you know, I mean, that's, that's one of the best stories, but it shows that, you're not full of shit. Like people know you give your life to comedy, but I want to tell you, I want to know, tell the story and tell how you bounced back from that. Cause that would shatter a lot of people and they would quit the business. Well, it wasn't difficult one. I've had resilience my whole life. So why would I quit with the career? The resilience goes on in life period. You know, my dad left when I was born. I'm like something I said, wah, it's gone. I mean, it was just, I was raised, you know, uh, in different houses, you know, we moved a lot. I thought the word evict meant move. I thought they were the same word. So that stays with me. I was kidnapped when I was 13 for, for a serial pedophile. And these are things that were, I was continually beaten. One time I realized this recently, I came up, I was assaulted by an entire football team constantly. Uh, I went out for a football team to be loved and accepted and they just beat the pulp out of me you know hung me by a locker by my underwear and i had torn underwear i was ashamed i couldn't tell my mom so i had to wear the strings for underwear so it's really really like stuff where i went okay man you keep going you keep going and the one thing that kept me going was making people laugh i mean that's something where it's just this resonance that takes place it's it's a beauty that just it, it's reflected back and it hits my heart so I encourage everybody, just find your laughter spots, find your own, and it will, keep, it will make you resilient. That's how we deal with our pain, and it's literally a pain relief. So there's people around here, but I'll try to do the impression of, of what happened. So I got hired to host, co-host the Magic Johnson Show, not to be Ed McMahon or Andy Richter, sidekick. This was, I was going to tell the jokes. And it was kind of a cool formula where... You know, I he would ask me questions and that would be the monologue, you know, me answering the questions in a funny way. So um, I get cast and then they started to panic during the rehearsal shows and they brought in this writer from The Tonight Show, the Johnny Carson Tonight Show. This guy's like old fashioned jokes. He's wearing a members only jacket and a mullet haircut. By the way, folks, if you have a members only jacket, I mean to offend you. That's, that's a direct offense. So anyway. And I called him Sling Blade was out at the time. I called him Sling Blade. He's a jutted out jaw. That's how he talked. I said, Sling Blade, I can't tell these jokes. I'll get booed. And this is a quote. He says, mm, a boo is as good as a laugh. Mm, Johnny loved to be booed. Mm-hmm. I go, I don't want to be booed. That's Johnny Carson. I don't want to be booed. You know, I'm a comedian. I want to tell, you know, I want to tell my own jokes or at least take yours. He's got to tell the jokes as I write them. Mm-hmm. So now picture I'm this kid from Philadelphia who got shot down, 13 girls shot me down for the prom. I'm going to get even with all of them. That used to be my motivation. Those 13 (laughs) girls are going to regret when they see me on my own national television show. I'm backstage, places going nuts, urban crowd, right? Which is a code word for black. Anyway, so, so, and I'm not. I found out I'm 14%, but that's a whole other deal. Anyway, so 
Sheila E's the band leader. Place is going crazy. Are you ready for magic? It's called the Magic Hour. We've done press about it. Here's the intro that Sling Blade wrote for my intro for magic to say, word for word. All right, everybody, let's get the show started with my co-host. Now, here's a guy nobody would shower with. Craig Shoemaker. I'm back in there. Oh, nobody would shower with me? Coop, I actually thought about not going out, but it was a live show. What do you mean nobody would shower with me? What kind of first impression is this going to be? Then you have the second impression of I have the worst walk ever. I have a bouncy walk. I'm trying not to do it. I've been made fun of my whole life. I bounce across the stage. Now, I understand they wrote this joke. He's supposed to feed me what happened, you know, topical, and I respond in a funny way, but not from me, from Slingblade. He says, hey, Craig, how about that Bulls game? I said, Magic, I haven't seen a beating like that caught on tape since Rodney King. Now, you see your reaction? I'm telling you, oxygen masks popped down from the ceiling. It was a gasp. You could have heard a Mount Laurel from Paramount Studios in L.A. It was <gasps> like it was worse than a boo. It was a gasp, a collective. What in the world was that? It was worse than I thought. And instead of helping me out, known for the assistant basketball, he just goes, oh, Craig, you are bad. Remember, but I was Craig, the co-host, not me. He threw me right in the wood chipper. <laughs> so now... Every time I tell a joke, he doesn't want to look bad. It was about a celebrity. You go, oh, Craig, you are bad. Now, he's not going to come on my show. And I'm sitting there thinking, that's not the reason. <laughs> you could pronounce the movie that started it. Michael Clark Duncan was Armageddon. He reads the cue card going, now, up next for the movie, I'm a good dude to dunk. From I'm a good to do, I'm a good dude to I'm a good dude to Craig, how do you say that word? I say, just say end of the world. This is the end of my career right here. So now first guest was Arnold Schwarzenegger. And you have to realize I am always going to be that little kid, that little kid, the little poor kid who, beaten up. And I'm, but so I'm thinking, to myself, I'm with these two legends, Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and Magic Johnson. And then I realized neither one of them can talk right. So, they, so this is their conversation of Hollywood kiss up, typical Hollywood. Arnold, the reason I have you guest on my premier talk show, you make a lot of money for a lot of the needy people, folks. Don't he give it up for the needy? Yeah, yeah, they're cheering. No, Magic, you're the one who give all the money back. You got the AIDS away on this Magic Johnson theater in the hood. Oh, come on, Arnold. You're the one with them Special Olympics helping those needy kids. I'm sitting there thinking, how am I going to blend in? <laughs> so I lean over. I almost, I almost gave a buck to a homeless guy. He didn't have change for a 10. Oh, Craig, you are bad. Now the homeless guy's not going to come on the show. <laughs> so anyway, it goes, it it was a disaster. Like Howard Stern made fun of it. He replayed it every day on my way to work. I'm listening to replays, making fun of it. I got a review. I look like a pizza delivery guy waiting for a tip. It was unbelievable. I never had a bad review in my life. It was un, It was so bad. So on day three, they uh, Magic goes, we'll be back after this. Well, then a guy came up on stage. He goes, you're going to be off the couch now. They took me off the couch in the middle of the show. I'm going, no, no, no. Anyway, eventually they, they kept me around for a little bit. I'd be in the fifth segment. I'd be in like the cooking segment. He threw flour on me. Look, Craig, now you're a cake. That's what it got reduced to. <laughs> so uh, anyway, they finally fired me because I said, I, I said a comment to Gail Schister in the Philadelphia Inquirer. It got all the way out to L.A., 
I said, it was like, I said, I'm like the Titanic and they're, and we're bailing out with a shot glass. And, um, that got out there. They used that as a reason to fire me. So, um, yeah, I got fired in the middle of a show and then they rehired and then finally they permanently fired me, but. But you kept There's going, your- but you kept going and that's, what's amazing. And, you know, and the funny thing is, you know, as I said, people think, you know, people think comics are just comics. Well, a lot of people don't know about you, the Wolfpack, the cooking show with Tony Luke. Tell me how the Wolfpack came about because you came back for that and you're dealing with entrepreneurs, which you are an entrepreneur. A lot of times people, there's, I've learned being in the business world here. There's two kinds of people. There's people who are actually entrepreneurs, but they don't say, I'm an entrepreneur. And there's people who are always say, oh, I'm an entrepreneur, and they're full of shit. I mean, it, it's a, when it comes to entrepreneurs. There's actual entrepreneurs who don't yeah. don't title themselves like, you're Craig, you're the love master. You're not, not going to say, I'm the love master entrepreneur. And then there's the people, as I said, who are like, I don't know what they do, but they go, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. It's like, it's like the people- well, yeah. It's a French word for scam artist. Right. <laughs> now tell me about <laughs> how you got how you got involved in that show because that's you're giving back. It's a, it's a, thank you for that. It's and you're right. The whole show has a big core of giving back. Uh, my friend that I've known since third grade. Interesting story, by the way. His name is Kent Griswold, and he's um, he was known as Clark Kent because he wore glasses and he went to Harvard with the Harvard Lampoon guys who wrote a movie called Vacation. And so the the lead character is named after him, Clark Griswold. Is that Kent Griswold from my hometown outside of Philadelphia? We were in school together. He's always a genius. He was left-handed. You know, I know that. I always sat on his right-hand side to steal his answers. Anyway, he became very, very successful. And he came to my show one time at the, it was actually December of 2019, came to the show at the Colonial Theater in Phoenixville. And after the show, he said, I have a business show. And he shows it to me. I, I watched him when I got home. It was horrific. It was horrific. It was horrible. I said, Kent, you have a little something here. It was, it was kind of like, it was his resentment of Shark Tank, what Shark Tank should be. So that was the core of it, which was good. So I said, let me reskin this thing. You know, I'm a producer. I produce film and television out in L.A. And I said, let's do this and do it right. And I recall, I called the Wolfpack President's Advisory Committee. Okay. That's what that stands for. Anyway, I went to Philadelphia. Within six weeks, we were shooting a full show. We did four episodes. And I got the Eagles involved. You know, I'm friends with the Eagles. And we shot there at the link. And we have Brian Dawkins is in it, Seth Joyner's in it, and Tony Luke is in the first episode. So I called the, the people I've stayed in touch with. What I love about Philadelphia is it's so loyal. There's loyal friendships to the core. I called all these people in, and we did a television show. We did four episodes. And right before the pandemic, the pandemic hit the week after because we we're about to do eight. So we didn't get a full season, but we got it on Amazon, and it got great reviews. And guess what? The lead character is Philadelphia because I wanted people to see it's we we shot all over Philadelphia. You know, there's how many colleges are there. We shot at different colleges, Drexel, Penn, Temple. We shot at uh, at the link. Like I said, we use characters from Philadelphia, real, real characters. And there's so that every business that comes, it's at one business, not like Shark Tank. It's one business. The whole episode is following them, whether they're going to be mentored and funded and the five entrepreneurs all have to decide they all have to invest it's not just one they're not fighting for that there's none of this 
you know, all this stuff that we learned that we don't like about Shark Tank, we put into this. It's, like, it's very character driven. Philadelphia is a big part of it. So it's Wolfpack Philadelphia. Anyway, we just did four more episodes. Now we have a full season. It's out on Amazon and Freebie and some other places, some other platforms. But it's it look, was was I destined to do a business show? Why not? Because what I teach is add levity to everything. So I'm in every episode now in that last four. I didn't do it the first time, but I add this, inject the humor, inject the reality, inject the truth, inject all those things that make something organic and genuine, which Philadelphia is. It's genuine. So I was able to take like some normally stiff people and teach them and train them how to really be themselves on camera. And we have great uh, who's in it this time. Oh, Jordan Mylon is in it this year. Uh, Joe Conklin's in it this year. The um, J- Dave from the Hooters is in it this year. Um it's just it, it was so much fun, you know. And then we have great businesses. I won't tell you how they how it turns out at the end, but um, oh, Chicky, I mean uh, Pete from Chicky and Pete's is in it. But it's so much fun though to come back to Philly and wearing our Philly gear and stuff like that. We people get to see the real truth of Philadelphia, which is an amazing city that still has the throwing snowballs at Santa Claus. So one jackass does that, it ruins it for everybody. But it, no, people are real and raw. That's that's all it is, and passionate about their sports teams and who they are. But we are passionate about turning businesses around and helping America really have a comeback right now. That's what the show is. Now you also did a show with our mutual friend Tony Luke Jr. Um, yeah. Talk about that. Well, first of all, how do you know Tony? It's funny. I met Tony. This is no lie on Twitter because he was out in L.A. I think he was visiting you and I tweeted at him and I said, I do a podcast in Burbank. Come in. So Tony came into the studio and he did the show. And then when I came back, as just when I started to date my wife, he took me out to lunch because I'd never been to a Tony Luke's because I was gone when they opened. Uh, But now and because of you knew him. Other other subject. Have you told your audience? It wasn't in my intro that you snagged half of my guests from my old podcast. No, 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 no. I, I, I was, I was pilfering. I would try to pilfer. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, but I, I never yeah. got, I never got Kevin Cronin from Ario Speedwagon, who I know you're friends with. His manager always shoots me down. <laughs> Always shoots me down. I'm like, but it's just funny. But yeah, see, people, Craig used to have a podcast, and you did a podcast with your son too. Yeah, I've done a bunch of podcasts. Yes, absolutely. But tell me but about I the cooking no- show. I would notice that your guests were from my guests. I think it's at least 10. Oh, yeah. At least. Oh, yeah, of course. You would, I love to use the word pilfer. Okay, pilfer. So I was trying to be kind. Um, but anyway, Tony and I go way back. And this is actually a story related to the uh, – I told you the story about Gold, uh, Michael Goldberg, right? About you know getting cancer. He gave him three months to live. He I, he showed up for all my laughter programs, chuckle chatter, laughitation, all the prescriptions to get off the news, so on. He lived 15 years past that prognosis, and I visited him on his basically his deathbed in the hospice. He was in a coma, and he's just staring. I'm like waving my hand. We filmed this for the documentary. I said, "Do you even know I'm here?" I said, "What could I do for you?" I leaned close to him. I said, what could I do, Coles? You're in a coma. He's not recognizing anything's going on. He's just staring. I said, want me to jerk you off? I said, I've never done anybody but my – I said, I'm really good with myself. How about I give you a hand? He came out of a coma, and he goes, ah, and he laughed one more time. He passed away a few days later. But 15 years he lived by adding more laughter into his life. And you don't have to have 
jokes. You can just choose to laugh. Like I said, with the chuckle chatter, the guided laughitations, this is the stuff that I teach is you shift your energy. It's so Tony, as you might know, uh, his son tragically died of a drug overdose. And I have never in my life witnessed a friend go into such a funk as Tony. And, you know, he gained a lot of weight that he wouldn't leave his house. It was all about grieving. And it was about traditional grieving. That's what people go. You must do this. You must do this amount of time. That's how we're conditioned. There's no there's no light in this. There's no nothing except darkness. You get further into darkness, which the whoever deceased does not want this for you. That's why I said. So I called Tony. I said, Tony, look, I, I think I have something for you. You know, laughter heals. It work work with golds, you know. I said, I want to teach you how to be a comedian. He said, what are you talking about? I'm not a comedian. I'm a singer, songwriter. I'm a, I make cheesesteaks. I go, Tony, anybody can be a comedian. I trust me. So I started working with him. And you know what, Coop? It culminated in this one night in this restaurant, Franco Luigi's, this tiny restaurant in Philadelphia. There were six of us, my son and some friends of Tony and myself, um, anyway, we're sitting there and Tony's up there on a tiny stage, There's two people in the audience besides us six. And he has a knife, fork and spoon in a cloth napkin. That's his microphone. And he's doing it with the gesture, everything, doing his act. I'm telling, I've never laughed that hard in my life. I was bleeding from my eyes. I was laughing. So all of us were pounding on things. We weren't laughing at his jokes. We we're laughing how bad he was about to bomb the next day. <laughs> he was about to bomb and we knew it. At helium, I swear this is true. He goes up before me at helium, and I'm telling you, he's getting empowered now by his joke writing. It's all about truth. It's all about him. I brought all this out. It was I've never in my life seen a debut this great, and I watched that man go from grief and absolute despair to such happiness and light and joy. He was taking it in. The punchlines became better. They laughed with him. They laughed. And he killed. He killed. And he's opened for me since at the Borgata, at the um, uh, Hard Rock and theaters, and actually back at that other theater I was telling you about, about in Colonial. He opens for me at the when comedy. The guy says, and he does truthful jokes about cheesesteaks and everything else. And, he, he, you know, he's, he's a naturally funny guy, but we're all naturally funny. So so he actually says laughter really did heal him. So I created a show around the two of us where he teaches famous comedians how to do food, how to do a dish for the judges. And I teach famous chefs how to do comedy for the judges. It's called Comedy Kitchen. It's a role reversal comedy. We made four episodes and I have a meeting with Netflix next week so or two weeks. So let's hope that they buy it. It's a really funny show. We had great comedians and great chefs. And we went to a winery, Davis Estates, number one winery. My friend owns it in Napa. And I want to, when I say my friend, it's the Eagles. And this, this year we, we had Phillies involved. This is because I was taught in Philadelphia. And this is what I want to get across to people. Be loyal and bring a great energy to your friends. I fixed up nine marriages. This is a really important thing that people don't seem to understand in our selfishness is you give and you get. You don't get by trying to get. If that your agenda becomes bringing your true energy, your flow, your happiness, your joy, your light, your levity, your love to people, it's reflected back and it comes back. And Tony and I love one another. It comes, I make fun of him during the filming, all that you'll see it on the show. I make fun of him all the time. He makes fun of me. 
but it's a love it's a love at the bottom of it and you know and it is a city of brotherly love and people don't understand that but stay true to your your roots i mean i've out in la 30 years and here i am filming these episodes i have friends from high school i have friends from high school whose kids worked on the show as interns and things like that and we had a hundred different people that use Keystone. They're out of Philadelphia. They're the production company uh, along with me. And it's just, it's so much fun to have fun with people that you can bond with for life. You hold on to the- Well, it's funny about your connection to Philly because this is a story about your connection to Philly. I'm, I, I'm moved back. I had moved back to East and I'm watching a Phillies game. It's the one where you got broke your hand trying to catch the foul ball. And- oh, let me tell Okay, just so, me, but just so you know, the, all the guys were saying, hey, that's Craig Shoemaker. So they knew your connection to Philly. Well, because actually that's something I joined golf court, uh, country clubs, to take all the, all the Philadelphia broadcasters of all the sports, I take them golfing when they're there. All of them. Phillies, Sixers, Zoomoffs, one of my best friends. And I take, I take them out golfing. So... I had taken them out golfing and I sat in their seats. You know, they, they gave me seats. And I said, these are good seats for a foul ball. I th- I'm going to get one. I, I, two of my kids there and my friends, my friend from Abington, he lives across the street. Anyway, we're all there. I said, I'm going to get a foul ball. This big f- the high pop comes right at me. I'm going, oh, my God, here it comes. I was so excited. I never got a foul ball. I've sung the national anthem. I take batting practice. Never got a foul ball. And I'm going to get it. I reach Bam! Breaks my hand, lands in back of me, and I'm going. God, that hurt. And I'm there in a little bit of pain. I see this kid with a broken arm. He has the ball right behind me. All of a sudden, my phone blows up. Apparently, everybody was watching that day that I ever knew. That that I get messages from Philadelphia people I didn't even know had my number. You always did suck. I remember when the, the Val's Tavern game, you played softball, you missed the ball. I mean, stuff from my past, it was like it all came out. And then they lean out of the booth. The, the broadcasters, like McCarthy and all them, they lean out, we got it all, shoe, we got it all. It turns out they filmed it. They replayed it like this is a Bruder film. It's slow motion, fast. I'm going, you got to be kidding me. So I'm in a, and then they brought ice. And I'm waving them off and going, no, Philly, we don't do ice. Get away from me. And you see me waving off the ice people. They were insistent. They kept coming back to me. I'm looking in pain and my hand is broken. I swear this is true. It's a crazy story. So I'm sitting there and, and literally in a shame spiral. Another text comes in, a teacher I had. You know, everybody's, how'd they get my number? I have no idea. Apparently you watched it too. That's yeah. just crazy. <laughs> and this, this is a team that was, well, at that time, they were just starting to get a little better. Anyway, it was a Dodger Stadium, and I'm sitting there in misery. Two innings later, same exact high fly. Same – I'm going, oh, my God, what do I do? Broken hand. I took my right hand, reached over my shoulder to this kid that wants another foul ball, the kid behind me. It was Kevin Stocker's cousin, my nephew, by the way. I ripped off his hat in one swoop and I caught the ball with my right hand in his hat and I stood up and go, I caught it this time. And by the way, nobody texted me. (laughs) (laughs) Philadelphia doesn't want you to win. (laughs) But see, that's the stories like that are good. Now, what can people expect when they do winning with him? What, 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 like when someone coaches you, when you coach someone, what, what can they expect to pull away from it? Is it a long process or what is the process when someone comes to, to you for coaching for winning with humor? 
When is this out, by the way? When do you put this out? This will be out when, when will next week, next Wednesday. Okay. Well, we do have our new course, which has started already. I will tell you, just for your people, I'm just coming up with this now, the people that work for me will go crazy. Write me an email at craig at craigshoemaker.com and say you're interested. And I will figure out a way that you can get in a course. And, I'll, and you put coop, you put coop, and that'll be the discount code. I'll get them a discount. What it is is I have it. I really do have this down, this coaching, where I take people through a step-by-step process on shifting your energy into a genuine energy flow that is your true essence of light, levity, laughter. That's who you really are. That's who we're born to be. We come out laughing like crazy. Kids laugh 200 times a day. Adults laugh like 20. So we catch the kids now. We Instead of a Fitbit, we have a laugh bit. And, you, and I teach people how you can be funnier in every situation. You could command any room you're in. It helps your relationships. By the way, women always say they want a sense of humor since your way to score, all right? So if you're a guy, if you're a woman, being funnier is really also very engaging. It's endearing. It's magnetizing. When you are making fun of yourself, for instance, now you're not above everybody. You're not, now you're with them. You're one with them. And this is where we want to be on this planet. We're very divided right now. So I'm kind of unifying people by starting with ourselves and it becoming your true essence, your true joy, and letting out. And I have ways and techniques of bringing that out. And one of them is chuckle chatter. It's a real simple thing, but it shifts the energy. I'll say, what's your stress level? I'll say eight. And by the time we're finished, it's always at least a four. Because we are literally doing the work of shifting. I have one final question for you, Mr. Love Master. Well, you, gotta, you just got to do a real quick love master. Just do a real quick love master, and then I ask a question. Just do a quick love master. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, pandemic, my ass. Social distance, six feet. That's just the tip, baby. Oh, yeah. That's right. I'll take you to a wet lab in Wuhan, baby. All right. What is the future for Craig Shoemaker? Where do you see, because, you know, you've done it. You've been on TV. You've been in movies. You wrote for TV. You wrote for Fuller House. You've, you've done a ton of stuff. But what what do you want to focus on? Because we're all getting older now. You know, you're a good father. You have your kids, you know, varied from age, from little, from 24 to little, you know, so you, you have that going on. So you, you have all By this- the way, the, 20, the 24, I'm meeting at the Super Bowl, and that kid is so happy. Do you see the shot of... Him, at, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate I get to know the Eagles. I know that a lot of them are fans, by the way, which is really cool for me. I was always a little kid loving the Eagles, and now I'm on their field literally through my son a 40-yard pass. I don't know if you saw it. I saw that. And he, he turns to me and he goes, oh, my boner, I could hit the blimp. Well, he's got double that now. I'm taking him to the Super Bowl 40-yard line to see our Eagles. And now see, he, we are he's flipping out, which makes me flip out. If you share your joy with people, you will get joy in return. That's how it happens. It does not happen from keeping up with a Kardashian or anything like that. I've had every bit of success you can imagine. Literally millions of dollars. I come from poverty. I've had nothing, nothing beats making other people feel good. So that's what I'm teaching is how you can make other people feel good. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm headed for. I'm not, I'm gonna have, that's where I am. I'm coaching people one-on-one. That's my favorite. I also teach the course. That's my second favorite. And I'm still doing comedy now. And I'm in Boston right now about to play a sold-out theater in a theater I never, town I never heard of. But so, yeah, I'm spreading that around Johnny Laughter Seed. But the most important thing that I'm spreading is how to alchemize your own humor and turn it into gold and your own laughter, your own joy. How can you do that? I got the methods to do that. 
And, and that's what I'm going to keep teaching. And, you know, one by one, we're going to form a community, a supportive community. We already are with the winning with humor community where we support one another. Some Philadelphians are involved in the course, by the way, which is awesome to add them to these zoom calls that have the Philly accent makes me feel at home out in LA. Well, that's awesome. Craig, uh, tell people how they can get in touch with you. Craig at Craig Shoemaker.com by the shoemaker, not Schumacher. It drives me nuts. And it's a Schumacher. There's no umlaut, not off the boat from Bavaria. It's shoemaker. You take your studio maker. You make shoes. You don't mock shoes. All right. Unless they're Crocs. Those you can mock. You know what the holes are for? So your self-esteem can slip out. Uh, <laughs> I have five pairs because I don't care anymore. But anyway, go to craigshoemaker.com. Check out the stuff. You'll see the winning with humor is there. Laughterheels.com. Uh, just, you know, this is what I want to do. I want to really have people understand that you can go beyond your limitations. You can go beyond these boxes they put you in. We have messages since we were very young of it's a conditioning and a programming that needs to be reprogrammed. And that's what we're going to do together. We're going to reprogram this stuff, this negativity, this fear, doubt, worry that we're in. It's just this downer things like let's do go to the light. If anything I've learned, I've done comedy for years, done very well, but I've learned the resonance and the beauty of laughter. I've been a conductor of these beautiful orchestras that you're all a part of as the audience. You're as much a part. You're the lead oboe. <laughs> You know, and we need every bit of that. So go to more shows, go to more comedy clubs. That's a prescription. By the way, I will be in Philadelphia. I know that's where most of your audience is. I'll be in Pottstown in the Dome. Just go to CraigShoemaker.com, find out where I'll be. Florida is coming up next week right after the Super Bowl. I've got all sorts of gigs coming up, but mostly sign up. Uh, you can get in the course. you would be a couple weeks later, but that's all right. We'll send you what we've done already. And then we have Q&As, we have participation, we have Zoom together. And I hope we get some coop people in there. That'd be you. You I, should come. I may, I'll check it out. So people, go check out Craig Shoemaker. Um, go check out The Coop Tank at thecooptank.podbean.com or on Spotify, Amazon Music, or iHeartRadio. I have 26 episodes of people like Craig, thought leaders, people from the Philadelphia area who are really making stuff happen. They're shakers and movers. You can go check out my other podcast, coopertalk.net. I've done over 940 episodes with big celebrities and big actors. Craig's been on my show twice, but we talked about entertainment there. Um, don't, and, forget, and, and, and don't forget don't forget, Craig's friends have been on there. Yeah, a lot of well. Craig's friends have been on there. Also, people, <laughs> don't forget about Sweet Recording, S-U-I-T-E, recording.com. I want to thank Joe Ganjemi, the best producer in South Jersey, for taking care of me today. And also, if you need someone to speak about networking, my my program is don't be a jerk the art of networking you can contact me at the coop tank at yahoo.com i want to thank you for listening go eagles hopefully by the time this airs we will be super bowl champs 